Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the times they are a-changin'. How the pandemic has altered the nature of workplace communication. What were once unthinkables have now become best practices. Also this morning, our weekend high school basketball preview. Findlay head coach Jim Rookie talks about the final games of the regular schedule ahead of the Trojans' march into the postseason tournament. And we have another collection of delicious, easy-to-make recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, February 18th, 2022. Today is Crab Stuffed Flounder Day. <laughs> if you need an idea for lunch, Crab Stuffed Flounder Day. It is National Battery Day. National Drink Wine Day. <laughs> uh, that's something that I think a lot of us can get behind. <laughs> a day like today. National Drink Wine Day. It is Pluto Day, commemorating the discovery of the planet Pluto on this day in 1930. Uh, since then, of course, Pluto has been downgraded to a dwarf planet, but still worth celebrating the discovery of Pluto, and it is Thumb Appreciation Day. So, why not? I mean, without opposing thumbs, where, where would mankind be? So, uh, Thumb Appreciation Day today. Now, this, among the first things you need to know this morning, this story I saw on the Newswire, and I, that this is going to get some buzz, especially among those who have been harshly critical of pandemic lockdowns and mask requirements, especially for children and in schools. The U.S. Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, told lawmakers earlier this week that the pandemic has had a devastating impact on the mental health of America's young people. Uh, speaking before the Senate Finance Committee, Surgeon General Murthy said, quote, I'm deeply concerned as a parent and as a doctor that the obstacles this generation of young people face are unprecedented and uniquely hard to navigate. And the impact that's having on their mental health is devastating. Uh, they cite a spike in the number of suicide attempts among teenagers and uh, the fact that millions of young Americans are struggling uh, in school and with socialization, isolation, leading to issues with addiction, uh, just struggling in general to make it from one day to the next. The committee chair, Oregon Senator Ron Wyden, said currently there is a grand national experiment that is taking place upon our kids when it comes to social media. And we need to understand more about what is happening, what kids are at risk, what impact these algorithms and the broader platforms are having on our children. <laughs> All of this is in uh, testimony of the Senate Finance Committee. So they're discussing this. And uh, it's, it's almost like they're suddenly realizing that there are some negative effects from all of this. <laughs> and Joe Average is sitting in the background saying, yes, <laughs> see, we've been saying this for more than a year now. You're just now figuring this out? That's... Anyway, 
Just thought that was kind of interesting from uh, earlier this week. Some of the other uh, buzzworthy stories of the day, the most buzzworthy stories, the most interesting stories, the first things you need to know, the stuff that uh, people would be buzzing about are worth knowing this morning. Speaking of our kids, if your kids are suffering from insomnia, maybe it's a new thing, maybe it's been brought on by the pandemic, uh, or maybe it's just something that your kids have struggled with, you want to make sure that you address this because it is not something that they are likely to grow out of. Researchers at Penn State found that children with insomnia are likely to keep uh, getting worse. Uh, the, the, the problem is going to continue, if not get worse, uh, as they transition into adulthood. And uh, kids with insomnia are significantly more likely to suffer with an insomnia a sleep disorder into adulthood compared to children who do not have difficulty sleeping. Uh, the lead researcher of this study, Julio Fernandez Mendoza, Mendoza, says the key finding here is that insomnia symptoms in childhood are much more likely to persist over time than previously believed. That in the past, they've thought, well, maybe the kids will grow out of this, but it turns out that's not the case. Those with uh, insomnia and laboratory-measured short sleep duration are much more likely to evolve to develop a clinical condition in early adulthood and not just to persist with these mild insomnia systems, so, symptoms, so it's likely to get worse. Bottom line, parents and clinicians should not assume that these complaints in children are no big deal and something that will go away with age. That's not what their study shows for a significant proportion of of youth. So if your kids are not getting enough sleep just because they can't sleep, suffering from bouts of insomnia, make sure that you get them help. Address that. Oh, that was uh, really interesting and good to know. Uh, let's see. Elsewhere, the uh, most buzzworthy stories of the day for this Friday. Pets in California could have their own Bill of Rights soon. <laughs> Member of the California Assembly has introduced legislation that would enshrine a dog and cat bill of rights into state law that would, among other things, require every animal shelter and rescue group to post a copy of the fundamental rights on their premises. The basic rights proposed would include freedom from exploitation, neglect, and abuse, access to nutritious, flu- nutritious food, clean water, and appropriate shelter, and preventive and therapeutic health care. Shelters and rescue groups who fail to comply would get a warning first and then would face a $250 fine for each subsequent violation. So, (laughs) a pet bill of rights in California. Well, okay then. This is kind of cool. A piece of American history... piece of American history is hitting the auction block. A bell from the Santa Maria is going up for auction. Yes, the Santa Maria that Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue back in 1492. Yeah, the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria, the bell from the Santa Maria is going up for auction. Affiliated Auctions and Realty, LLC, says the bell was aboard the San Salvador in 1955 when it wrecked off the coast of Portugal was later found in 1994, and they traced the history, and it was the bell 
is on the Santa Maria. It's just under 10 inches tall and weighs just over 30 pounds, so it's not a huge thing. The uh, auction kicks off March 2nd in Tallahassee, Florida. I don't know if you can place bids online or by proxy or anything. Or I have no idea what they expect it to go for, but what a cool piece of world history, American history that would be. Bell from the one of the ships of Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. Wow. Kind of cool. And uh, how about this? Among the first things you need to know this morning, a question for you. Would you be willing to live like a prisoner for a week or so? Hundreds of people have jumped at the chance to live like a prisoner, like an incarcerated individual. This is in the Swiss city of Zurich. They are volunteering to take part in an open house of sorts for a new jail before the facility officially opens and accepts in its first inmates. (laughs) So they need to test it out. They're looking for volunteers to get locked up. And apparently uh, they've had hundreds of applications. Uh, It says here details of the test run to be held next month are still being worked out. But corrections authorities in Zurich, Switzerland, said yesterday that they have received 832 applications for an as-yet-undecided number of spots, people interested in getting locked up just to see what it's like, apparently. The selected volunteers who must live in the area, they don't want anyone from a foreign country, so don't get any ideas, you can fly over to Switzerland and get free accommodations for a week. (laughs) They have to be local. They have to be at least 18 years old, obviously. They don't want to incarcerate children. So it can't be a family outing, apparently. But anyway, if you are local, you're at least 18 years old, you are in store for an experience that borders on a reality TV show. (laughs) When they, As a matter of fact, I'm thinking that would be, why not film it and, and turn it into a reality TV show? I think people would watch that. I know people in this country would watch that. Anyway... But uh, volunteers will enter the Zurich West Prison to test the pre-trial detention and jail services. The facility is located on the west. Uh, it says here, located west of the city's main train station, hence the name Zurich West. It is expected to house up to 124 people under provisional arrest. And uh, also they will have 117 places for individuals held in pre-trial detention. And the uh, test run is going to be sometime next month. I shared this with a friend of mine the other day, and he said, what would be the difference between a test stay at a prison uh, and a regular stay at a Motel 6? What would... (laughs) Well, that's probably a good point. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to kick off your Friday morning. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny skies today with a high of 25, becoming mostly cloudy tonight, a low of 15. The National Weather Service has issued a flood warning for the Blanchard River in Finley as the river is expected to reach major flood stage if it hasn't already. With this, we expect significant road closures throughout town um, along the riverway primarily. However, we are monitoring to see if there's any potential property impact along the river as well. Finley Mayor Christina Murn reminds people to never attempt to drive through high water. 
And if you come across a flooded road that doesn't have a high water sign yet, call 911 so they can get a crew out there to put up a sign. Other area rivers and creeks also are under flood warnings. One of those is the Blanchard River in Ottawa. As some flooding is forecast, as that river will eventually crest well above flood stage. Remember, you can always get the latest river levels and forecast on the website. Road conditions quickly deteriorated last night when the rain started switching over to ice and sleet. Numerous accidents were reported around the area, especially on the stretch of I-75 that goes through Findlay. The Republican-controlled Ohio House has approved legislation that targets protesters with a provision that's normally used against terroristic activity. The legislation approved Wednesday would allow police officers harmed during riots to sue individuals or organizations that provided material support or resources, such as lodging or transportation. Material support is conduct tied in state and federal law to actions by alleged terrorist groups. The bill also increases penalties for rioting and creates the offenses of riot assault and riot van- Vandalism. The American Civil Liberties Union calls the legislation an extreme attack on free speech. Daniel Barnett, ONN News. Finley Trojans football standout Luke Montgomery still has another season left with the Trojans, but he already knows where he wants to play at the next level. I would like to commit to Ohio State. Luke announced his decision to be a Buckeye alongside his family in the high school gym on Thursday. In the fall, Luke will play a senior season with the Trojans. And then he'll graduate in December, so he can start attending Ohio State in January. You can see video of Luke's announcement on the website. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, of course, communication in the workplace has always been an important issue, but even more so since the start of the pandemic, as the definition of the workplace has changed so dramatically for so many people. Jamie DeLang is a principal project manager for the team collaboration platform Slack. And Jamie, you folks recently conducted a research project into how remote and remote hybrid work has affected workplace communication, both the good and the bad, the advantages and the challenges. Tell us a little bit about what you found out. Yeah, so we took a a survey of about 2,000 American uh, knowledge workers who are working hybrid and remotely. And what what we ended up coming back with is a really clear finding that Folks are done with workplace jargon. They don't want to hear phrases like circle back or can we uh, take this offline, Um, with even up to almost 50% of folks saying that they have a problem with a coworker because of the workplace jargon that they use. Hmm. Um, And on the positive side, people uh, are really all in on casual communication. And folks say they would much rather use short, concise communication, even using slang, uh, gifts, emoji to get their point across. Um, And all of that has really helped them navigate this change to remote and hybrid work. Now, I want to dig into some of that, but before we do that, let me maybe kind of take a step back a little bit. Talk uh, talk about how you go about... um, analyzing those sentiments and those habits when it comes to workplace communication. Talk a, talk a little bit about the methodology of all of this. Yeah, so uh, we, we took a look at a, a survey of just people who have identified themselves as remote or hybrid mm-hmm. um, and asked them a number of questions about their preferences in the workplace. You know, what kind of language do they like to use? What 
how does that impact their ability to be productive, their ability to you know, feel like they belong at work. Um, and then we, we synthesize those results, and, and that's sort of what we're, we're here talking about today. So uh, I, I thought it was really interesting, the idea that is really going to kind of fly in the face for a lot of managers of what the typical thinking is, that casual uh, jargon and casual communication is actually what is preferred. Um, do you get kind of some pushback uh, from traditionalists when it comes to that? You know, I think before the pandemic, we probably would have gotten a little bit more pushback, but um, more and more workplace leaders are kind of flipping the script on what they think makes people more effective. You know, I, before uh, we all had to go to remote and hybrid in the knowledge workspace, I'm sure most people thought, you know, remote working from home, people aren't going to get as much done. And it turns out that's, that just hasn't borne out. You know, companies are finding a lot of the time, folks are more productive when they have that flexibility. And I think the same thing is true here. You know, you might think that more formal communication helps people stay professional, but what we found is it actually, you know, can be a hindrance to getting things done. Hmm. Imagine all those extra words that you're throwing in just to sound like you're at work when really you could just be clear to the point um, and get everyone aligned a lot more quickly. Well, it is certainly a valid point that uh, the conversations that we have in the office between uh, coworkers and collaborators and teams and so on are, are certainly more um, conversational and casual than uh, the written communications. Uh, even So even when we're uh, in person collaborating in that way. There are different types of communication depending on the situation. Uh, do you find that that is maybe part of it is as well? And what are some of the ways to, to build those connections and good communication between teams in that remote or the hybrid setting? Yeah, I think that's such a good point. You know, before it might have been uh, more acceptable to have a lot of jargon in email because you were going to talk to somebody casually next to their desk. But mm -hmm. we don't always have that convenience anymore. So having everything come through a digital medium really means that that's your, that's your one tool for getting to know your coworkers. Yeah. Um, so some, some tips to make sure that you can kind of have the, the sort of collegial team building experience, even when you're digital, I would say, are really think about the richness of communication. Using things like emoji can help people understand how you're feeling or what's going on in your life. Um, saying like, you know, I'm taking care of a kid right now or we're not feeling well today. Using emoji in those uh, settings can really help people relate to you more. Um, and, you know, it's not just text. You also have tools like video, audio. Um, you can create clips in, in Slack and in other tools to, you know, create a more rich mode of communication if text feels like it's holding you back. Um, I think variety is the name of the game here and not just thinking about lifting and shifting processes from uh, the days when we were all in the office, but really rethinking how communication could work. Um, in this hybrid world. I, I can still see some old school managers thinking emoji in business communication. What is this world coming to? But it's time to, to kind of get with the times, if you will. And you bring up such a good point uh, as well. And I don't think that this uh, maybe is thought about enough, but it's worth underscoring 
the way workplace communication affects not only uh, one's productivity and ability to get work done, but also that sense of inclusivity and belonging to the group, which, again, we, we can't underestimate the importance of that uh, in a working group. Yeah, it's so huge, and especially, you know, in the great midst of the great resignation where people are changing companies all the time, really increasing that sense of belonging is, I think it's a business imperative these days. Yeah. Um, again, uh, with us this morning is uh, Jamie DeLang, pr- uh, Principal Project Manager for the Team Collaboration Platform Slack, uh, talking about this uh, research, this survey on uh, how the the new way of working is impacting workplace communication and vice versa. And you've got uh, more on this survey, more info on the website, right? That's right. You can uh, check out our blog for more about Slack and more about the survey um, at slack.com slash blog. Definitely uh, important reading for those who are uh, planning on making this, if not the new normal, at least uh, one of the options uh, moving forward. Jamie, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Time now to get to our weekend high school basketball preview into the final weekend of the regular season. The Trojans wrap up the uh, regular portion of their schedule this evening at St. Francis. And earlier this week on the Coach's Corner, our John Marshall spoke with head coach Jim Rookie. Last Wednesday night, you were in Oregon Township where you topped Clay 63-26. It's always a good thing to get a nice win in the conference. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, anytime you can go up there and beat a team in our league, and, um, you know, I thought we did a, did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, when, when you beat a team as bad as we did the first time, it, you know, it's hard for sometimes the kids to get up and, and be, be ready to go. But I thought we did a pretty, other than the first minute, we did a really good job of being aggressive. We forced 17 turnovers in the first half and really got after it. And, uh, good to come out of there with a win friday night fremont ross you topped ross by 21 in the first meeting at their place about a month before but you did get the win this time by a score of 81 77 what do you think the difference was between those two games well they've gotten a lot better you know and, and uh they came out ready to play and and uh they they played really well they shot really well and uh when a team shoots the ball you know that's kind of been a little bit of a bugaboo for them they haven't shot very well um we got down 10 uh eight nothing i guess it was and down 10 at halftime and we're down 16 in the third quarter and just stuck with it and came back and that was a great win to come back the way we did and great crowd that night and uh exciting atmosphere then saturday an non-conference game the third game in four days topped the tornadoes from tiffin columbia in 80 to 42 the defense must have been locked in as you held Bryce Beeston, who had been averaging nearly 20 a game to just eight. You held a team that scores usually 68 or so to just 42. Yeah, I thought we did a really good job in the half court. Uh, that was the first game all year. I'm sure we did not press one possession. We just played half court man-to-man defense, uh, something we've had we have to get better at, and uh, was not good Friday night against Fremont and. We buckled down and guarded them one-on-one, and uh, our guys did a really good job, and they were active, and 
we turned some defense into offense and things got rolling and uh, came up with a much more comfortable win than I think than most people expected. A nice weekend for Max Roth. He scored, what, 41 against Ross and then got another 18 facing Colombian. Got over the 1,000 points, so that's always a special time when uh, one of your players can reach that mark. Yeah, it is. You know, you, you, you preach this team concept, but you know, guys have to score, and he's, he's uh, had a nice career and just an unbelievable game Friday night. We needed every single bit of it to come back from that deficit, and he kind of took over in the second half. Had 28 points, I think, in the second half uh, when we really, really needed it. Max has made some great plays for us, and sometimes it's it's not about the plays you run; it's about the players you have. You got to at some point things don't work, and you got to have somebody just make an individual play. And he's been really good at doing that, especially this year. Right now, you're in fourth place in the Three Rivers Athletic Conference at eight and five. You meet St. Francis in the regular season finale on Friday. You top the Knights by 36 about a month ago. Uh, you take care of business with a, a Whitmer win, and you could finish in a tie for third with the Toledo Central Catholic. What That would be really uh, quite a, a good effort, considering that you had a team that started the league schedule 0-3. Yeah, we did. You know, again, we, we were way behind, and I was looking at this the other day. We you know our, we have four, four of our five starters are football guys and another guy off the bench, and... Uh, they missed 17, the first 17 practices, you know, so we got a late start. We didn't, didn't play as well as we hoped to early on, dug ourselves a pretty big hole, but we've won 15 of our last 17 games, and hopefully we can keep going in the right direction for a little bit longer. The uh, Trojans are at St. Francis to take on the Knights tonight right here on WFIN. Other games this weekend on our family of stations. Lima Central Catholic is at Arlington tonight in BVC action on uh, 100.5 WKXA. Well, I guess not BVC action, LCC, not uh, part of the BBC, but you get the idea. You can also, by the way, catch the Liberty Benton Pandora Gilboa game on Saturday on WKXA. That was rescheduled from a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Ottawa Glandorf hosts Kenton tonight on 106.3 The Fox. You can follow all of those area games in real time online. The WFIN scoreboard page powered by ScoreStream and presented by Owens Community College at WFIN.com slash scoreboard. And, of course, catch the Coach's Corner with John Marshall Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. live from Ralphie's and anytime on demand at WFIN.com. And, yes, we will follow the uh, Trojans as they head uh, into the postseason tournament, the OHSAA sectional tournament, uh, beginning uh, next week, right here on uh, WFIN as well. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. <laughs> this is why our phones can pose a safety hazard. 19-year-old in Istanbul was uh, walking, walking along the street, scrolling on his phone when he failed to notice an open trap door in front of him. Actually, I guess this wasn't uh, at a street. It was in a mall, and they were doing some uh, service uh, at the mall. There's a trap door open, and he fell right through the trap door, the open trap door, into the cellar of the, <laughs> of the mall. 
The whole incident caught on security cameras shows the very fortunate teenager falling onto a large pile of boxes, allowing him to escape without injury. The incident happened in the central dis- district of uh, Fatih um, in Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, on Monday, a witness says when the delivery drivers uh, came to his assistance, the man's first response was, why was this trap door open? <laughs> and then he said, where are my glasses? <laughs> The owner of the shop where the hatch was open said he suddenly fell and ended up sitting on these boxes in the cellar. If he had fallen the whole way, he probably would have uh, broken his legs or something. But he'll be okay. Just a little embarrassing. It's nice to know that that doesn't just happen in this country. I mean, we've all seen people bump into things where they're not paying attention to where they're going. It happens other places, too. This is how you know you're having a bad day. Uh... Doorbell camera footage caught the moment when a dad-to-be by the name of Anthony Cole took a $40 gender reveal balloon out of his car, and it immediately popped. <laughs> he had gone to get get the balloons for a gender reveal party, and uh, he pulls up with the balloons, carefully tries to get them out of his car to get them into the house, and suddenly the balloon bursts. And showers him with blue confetti. (laughs) At first, the dad-to-be gets frustrated in the video. And then his wife can be heard a few minutes later laughing and declaring, Well, looks like it's a boy. (laughs) That's when you know you've had a bad day when you've uh, ruined your own gender reveal party. (laughs) Um, How about that? Speaking of parenting... Some people shouldn't be parents. Uh, Two parents in Vermont facing charges now after they allegedly left their child in their car when they went skiing. (laughs) Leaving Leaving kids in cars doesn't just happen in the summertime. They went skiing. The Killington Police Department said they responded to a call after witnesses saw a child unattended in the backseat of a vehicle. Both parents uh, were they were just skiing, having a good good old time. They are now being charged with cruelty, and uh, one of them charged with driving under the influence, incidentally, too. Uh, They face a couple of years in prison if convicted, so not parents of the year. Goodness. Have a a follow-up to a broken news item from a few days ago. The missing pickle mascot is back in the dugout in Oregon. You remember the Portland Pickles Uh, announced a few days ago that someone had dropped off their missing mascot. Um, Well, here's the story. If you remember, the the mascot costume went missing at the end of last month after um, the the luggage carrying the costume got lost in transit following a trip to the Dominican Republic. You remember this story? So the uh, airline lost the luggage, lost the mascot. They found it. And delivered the luggage to the team's office, and then a porch pirate swiped it, so it went missing again. Now the team says that someone dropped off the missing mascot at a local donut shop on Wednesday. So, (laughs) follow-up to the story, the missing pickle mascot for the Portland Pickles is back home. Love a story with a happy ending. And how about this story? 
An at-home daycare in Lakeway, Texas, has been shut down over noise complaints from a neighboring golf course. Uh, Not just noise complaints. The uh, golfers claim that they could see and hear the children playing in the backyard. Uh, On Thursday, Bianca King joined forces with the Institute for Justice to file a lawsuit challenging the Lakeway Golf Club um, and the city's nearly total ban on running a home business. Bianca is a single mother of two, was laid off from her previous job during the pandemic, and so she decided to open a home-based daycare business. For months, she was operating her business with no issue, Her customers are all neighbors. Most would walk their children over in strollers, and she would watch only uh, two or three children at a time, at most four. Her customers were all happy with the service. She applied to get a home occupation permit from the Lakeway Zoning and Planning Commission, but was denied, citing the claim that the city's ordinance requires home businesses to be undetectable. And neighboring golf course... People were complaining because they could see and hear children playing in the backyard. Oh, my goodness. You have a home on the golf course and children are seen and heard playing in the backyard. What is this world coming to? How dare they? (laughs) The city of uh, Lakeway, council members to the city of Lakeway would not comment on the lawsuit. To local news reporters, the city's home occupation list does not state a home occupation is prohibited from uh, customers driving or commuting to the home. But this, again, is going to be a story worth uh, following up. She had to shut down her daycare because golfers are complaining that there were kids in the backyard. <laughs> Please. There you go. Uh, that is t- today's broken news update. I mean, she got laid off for her job. She's got to have a way to, to make a living somehow, right? Uh, anyway, today's uh, broken news report, this update on the odd and unusual side of the news, brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile app for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills, and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices. Time now for our daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Uh, This falls into the uh, more latter uh, category, not necessarily a survey and a lot of numbers here, but this is really, really interesting because it has long been a widely accepted fact that our brains generally slow down as we age. But a new study suggests, and this is the interesting part, new study suggests that mental processing speed actually remains nearly constant until about the age of 60. So if you are under the age of 60 and you're trying to claim that your <laughs> your brain is not working as well as it, we've all had those moments, right? But it's not a legitimate claim until you hit about the age of 60, Researchers at Heidelberg University looked at data on more than a million people, and they say their findings suggest that perceived reductions in mental acumen 
is uh, really due to people becoming more cautious as they get older and could account for the large body of research that says mental processing peaks at around the age of 20 and then undergoes a steady decline from that point forward. They say, no, that's not the case at all. Your mental acumen remains nearly constant until you get to about the age of 60. Dr. Misha von Kraus, uh, lead researcher on this study, says our finding is encouraging as our results show that average levels in mental speed in activities demanding fast and forced decisions do not decline until relatively late in our lifespan. So, again, that's encouraging from a neurological point of view, from a healthcare you know, point of view, I suppose, but n- not necessarily for those who have become accustomed to, <laughs> to, to blaming maybe our shortcomings on uh, the fact that we're just mentally slowing down because we're getting older. That, that, may, that, that excuse may not work anymore now, I guess, uh, based on this uh, new research. My wife, Kyra, has joined us in the studio once again. It is a Friday, and that means it is time for another collection of tasty and easy-to-make recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Nice, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed here this morning. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Friday. You can be forgiven. I'm just tired of all this. Weather, out here, yeah. Looking outside the window. Yeah, you know, and and we were saying uh, (laughs) the other day, I, I'm really looking forward to the time. I mean, what a difference a day makes. Yesterday yeah. we were talking about. Oh, I know. You know, it was this uh, this time we were in the mid 50s. Yes. And uh, even the day before. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. A couple of days of really yeah. nice uh, weather, relatively speaking. Yeah. And then things went south very quickly. Yeah. And um, I am looking forward to the time when those nice days will be the rule rather than the exception. Yeah. Now, Me I got too. A, got about a month. Got about a month yet, uh, and uh, then we'll have more of the nice days and fewer days like this. Okay, but, uh, if you say so. I in the so. meantime, <laughs> these would be uh, more good recipes for you know a cold day like yeah. this. Yep. Um, you know what's what's better on a cold winter's day yeah. than a good casserole? Yes. And you have a tuna noodle casserole yes. to lead us off. Yeah, today. this is one of our kids' favorites. Yeah, this um, is kind of a staple in our yeah, house. It is. So one five ounce can of chunked uh, light tuna drained and flaked, uh, and eight ounces of your egg noodles, five tablespoons of butter divided, five tablespoons of flour, two and a half cups of whole milk, uh, salt and pepper for taste, a half a teaspoon of garlic powder, one and a half cups of shredded uh, cheddar cheese divided, and one and a half cups of potato chips crushed. So preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Bring water and a half a teaspoon of salt to a boil. Um, add your noodles and cook for about eight minutes. Don't want to cook it any more than that. So they won't so, be completely correct. soft. Right, because you're going to also be baking them. Exactly. Yes. So. so so drain and transfer to a baking dish. Set aside. Uh, for the sauce, melt five tablespoons of butter in a medium saucepan over low heat. Add your flour, stir until smooth. Cook for about a minute, um, stirring constantly. It's going to get kind of bubbly and golden brown. Mm -hmm. And uh, slowly add your milk, uh, whisking constantly. It's going to get kind of gooey at first, but then it's going to thin out and it's going to make like a gravy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cook for about a minute. 
and then uh, um, just keep whisking it um, and then cook over medium heat, um, cooking constantly. Like I said, it's going to keep thickening up and it's going to keep bubbling. It's mm-hmm. going to make like a gravy. Uh, then stir in your salt and your pepper and your garlic powder and remove from the heat, add your shredded cheese and stir until melted. So then pour your sauce over your drained noodles in a baking dish. Um, Add your tuna, uh, stir everything up to combine, uh, bake in your oven for about 20 minutes, remove the casserole from the oven, sprinkle with your remaining uh, cheese and your potato chips, Place back in the oven uh, for about five minutes or so until the cheese is melted and kind of bubbly, and mm-hmm. then you're ready to and go. You got a little crunch there yes. with the uh, crushed chips yep. And, yep. and all of that. Here's uh, here's another thing you can use like the uh, canned uh, chicken if mm-hmm. you don't like tuna. Yep. yep. Um, because I'm not wild about right. tuna. Tuna. But so yeah. you can do the exact same yep. recipe. Yep. Use a can of like shredded chicken mm-hmm. uh, and do and do that, and it is absolutely yep. fabulous. So yep. either way, yep. um, you've got two dishes for the price of one yeah there you go how about that (laughs) uh you also have as a side an easy sauteed zucchini recipe yes so this is three medium zucchinis uh cut into half moons uh two tablespoons of butter uh salted or unsalted whatever you like Mm -hmm. um one teaspoon of olive oil two teaspoons of minced garlic a uh, quarter teaspoon of crushed red peppers. If you don't want the heat, you don't have to have that or even do less red peppers just mm-hmm. to have a little bit of a taste. Okay. And then your salt and pepper for taste. So uh, heat your butter and olive oil, olive oil and a stainless steel or cast iron. I usually use my cast iron pan uh, over medium-high heat. Add your zucchini. When the butter mixture is hot, zucchini sizzles. Uh, when you put it, well, like put one zucchini on there. If it mm-hmm. starts sizzling, then go ahead and dump the rest in there and start. Do- you, you know your you're stir good. Fry. Okay. Yeah. Cook stirring occasionally until the zucchini is lightly brown and tender. Stir in your garlic, your crushed red peppers, your salt and pepper, um, and cook until um, you get a good fragrance. You're going to get, especially mm. that garlic, you're going to smell that. Okay. About uh, 30 seconds and then So 30 serve. seconds. Mm-hmm. That's it. After, so yeah. After, after you you've cook, you know, mm-hmm. gotten the. Uh, now, yeah, you don't want, especially with zucchini, it doesn't take much and right. you don't want mushy zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I want to point this out because it, it, make, it makes mention in the recipe yep. and and uh, so we want to underscore this. You say you're using a stainless steel or cast iron pan, but not yep. a nonstick pan. Right. Why? Uh, well, I mean, with stir fry, I mean, it's just, I don't know, one of those, it's just easier and, and it gets hot. And sometimes your, your, um, uh, your um, nonstick is, is thinner. Okay. And with this, with this, with like a stir fry, you want something that's thicker. Okay. And, All right. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, I yep. just I just wonder because it it specifically noted that yeah. not a nonstick pan. Yeah. So yep. best to, to yeah. not the, and cast iron is your preference. I'm yeah. guessing. With, yes. With everything that could take a cast iron pan, yeah. you use a cast iron pan. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Cast iron pans are awesome. And. Uh, <laughs> Three things that you have to have in in Kyra's kitchen. Uh-huh. Three things that you have to have. You have to have a crock pot. Yes. You have to have a good iron 
skillet, skillet yep. and a wok. And a wo- electric Those, wok. An electric wok. <laughs> an electric wok, a good iron skillet, yes. and at least... One crock pot, yep. if not more. Yes. So I, I've got more. <laughs> you've got to gotta have those three things. Um, and then for dessert, we have a no-bake lemon pie. Yes. So this is a half a cup of salted butter, one and three-fourths cups of graham cracker crumbs, a half a cup of granulated sugar, one 21-ounce can of lemon pie filling, and eight-ounce uh uh, bowl of your Cool Whip, your container of Cool Whip. Uh, place the uh, butter in the microwave for about 30 to 45 seconds to melt. Place your graham cracker crumbs and sugar into a mixing bowl. Uh, mix in melted butter and then press into an 8x8 baking dish. Place in the freezer to firm up while you're preparing your, your pudding. Uh, reserve a half cup of your pie filling and spread remaining pie filling evenly over the chilled graham cracker crust. Um, so, uh, so take, um, your pie filling and fold half of your pie filling then in that, that remainder pine filling in with, uh, your Cool Whip. Okay. So you're going to have your graham cracker graham cracker layer, then your pie filling layer, mm-hmm. then your Cool Whip pie filling layer. Okay. Okay? So then um, then spread the mixture evenly over the prepare pre- pie filling in the baking dish. Gently spread the remaining uh, whip topping on top of all of that. Be- try and be careful not to... Um, uh, disturb the layer below. Okay. Um, so you want it to sit on top. Yes. You want it okay. to sit. It's going to be like layers. So first yeah. it's your grain crackers, then your pie filling, then your mixture of your Cool Whip and your pie filling, then your Cool Whip <laughs> <laughs> on top of that. And so, and then, um, and then you can chill in the refrigerator or in the freezer. Um, the other thing, how quickly yep, you wanted to chill. If you want to, if you want to set aside just a little bit of your graham crackers, if you want to make it pretty, top. yeah, you can yeah. sprinkle that on top. Mm, so good stuff. Yes. So the uh, tuna noodle casserole, the easy sautéed zucchini recipe, and the no bake lemon pie. We have those posted. On the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN. Uh, we'll also link those up on the WFIN Facebook page, and uh, the link is also at goodmornings.net for those easy and delicious recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. My wife Kyra with us this morning. Kai, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will wrap up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday, the pandemic exposed some weaknesses in the healthcare system and led to innovative solutions for others. But it definitely demonstrated that more reform is needed. The question is what type of reform? So until Monday morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.